With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Longhorn notebooks. All right. Um, Texas and TCU coming up on Saturday. This is 6.30 game, so 2.30 is when the Bud Light pregame show will start. That's Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, and Mike Harge down on Bevo Boulevard. They'll take you up. To 5.30 when we kick it to the network pregame, the network pregame show with Craig, Roger Wallace, and Will Matthews, uh, and then the 6.30 kickoff. Also, don't forget, just one quick reminder, uh, we got our Wingfolk lunch coming up at, uh, at Pluckers uh, this week. Uh, we'll be at the research location. Doors open at 11. We're giving away a pair of tickets to the TCU game. So if you don't have tickets for the TCU game, come out to Pluckers. Come see us on Friday. That's at the research location, uh, and we'll have lunch with our wing folks uh, that have been a part of uh, go to hornfm.com, figure out how you can be one of Aaron Hogan's wingmen. He's picking games against Dave Paul. Uh, also, for the tickets, this is key because we always get this question, and I don't want Christina and the promotions folks to have to deal with it more than they have to. Drawings for the tickets will be around 1245 on Friday. You have to be present to win. For the Alabama game, we drew like three or four names of people that weren't there before we found a winner. So you have to be present. So if you want the Texas TCU tickets, get your name in the hopper and hang around. We'll draw it at around 1245. So come out and hang out. People aren't sticking around for that? What's wrong with them? I don't know. Sometimes they just leave. I don't know if they know the you need to be present to win rule. So you got to be present. To win, so that we've got a lot of stuff, and we'll get to more of that as we get closer to the game. It is Wednesday; we've got a couple of days left. But don't forget, always look forward to our wing folks lunch, and it is at the Pluckers Research location. I want to get back to talking about explosive plays, red zone, and stuff like that because I just think the red zone and basically Texas's ability to score in the red zone, number one and number two, make TCU get into the red zone, and you're going to do that by limiting explosive plays. I was taking a look uh, at some stats here. For the Big 12, shout out to cfbstats.com. That's where uh, I get a decent chunk of the stuff I do. Just looking at plays from scrimmage uh, and the Big 12 leaders, TCU, this is how explosive TCU's offense is, number two in the Big 12 in plays of 10-plus yards. Uh, they're 10 behind Texas Tech. Texas Tech, the Big 12 leader. But TCU, they're number one in the Big 12 in plays of 20 yards or more. They're number one in the Big 12 in plays from scrimmage of 30 yards or more. They're number one in the Big 12 in place for a scrimmage of 40 yards or more, 50 yards or more, 60 yards or more, and they're tied with Kansas for the most plays in the Big 12 of 70-plus yards with three each, and they are one of the few teams, one of four teams in the Big 12 that has an 80-plus yard play from scrimmage this year. This TCU offense is highly, highly explosive, and This is where I think actually, and again, depending on if Pete Kwiatkowski can spread his resources out, redistribute his resources appropriately, I think Texas can maybe make TCU kind of earn it down the field. Just don't give them any cheap plays. Don't give up chunk yardage plays. If you look at when Texas has lost this year, it's when they've given up chunk yardage plays, and it's happened in the past game. Like I said, Texas has been really good 
at preventing explosive plays in the run game this year. Uh, Texas right now, the third fewest. This is just Texas against the run in terms of explosive plays. The third fewest running plays allowed in the Big 12 of 10-plus yards. They've only allowed 32. Uh, TCU, by contrast, they've allowed 41. Only Iowa State and Baylor have allowed fewer. Uh, Texas right now, tied for the second fewest, 20-plus yard runs allowed with six. Uh, Texas, number two in the Big 12, only two runs this year by Texas of 30 or more yards, and then you get into 40 or more yards. Uh, Texas has given up a couple of those, and you can name them, right? The the Jace McClellan touchdown run in the Alabama game and the Jaden Nixon 51-yard touchdown run in the Oklahoma State game. Texas has been really good preventing explosive plays in the run game. Just go look at TCU's run game in terms of how good they've been. Kendra Miller is over a thousand yards. I don't Snoop. I, he might he might be the best offensive player in the conference that not a lot of people talk about. Like just not a lot of people talk about Kendra Miller. You realize like that TCU backfield last year. Like Zach Evans got all the hype coming in as as one of the top backs in the country, but you forget like. Kendra Miller averaged seven and a half yards a carry last year. He was really explosive. And the nature of, I think, what Garrett Riley has done to Sonny Dykes' version of the air raid, because Sonny Dykes worked for Mike Leach. He is a direct descendant of the air raid. I think what Garrett Riley's done in some of that influence from the Lincoln Riley offshoot of the air raid, uh, they're, they're obviously stressing you horizontally, but the emphasis on the vertical passing game and the willingness to run the football. Uh, Kendra Miller's been really good this year. Right now, TCU second in the Big 12 in runs this year of 10 or more yards. When you go to 20 uh, runs of 20 or more yards, they're tied with Kansas for the Big 12 lead. They've got the most runs in the Big 12 this year of 30-plus yards. They're tied with Kansas State for the most 40-plus yard runs with seven. Uh, Kansas State has six runs of 50-plus yards. TCU has five. They're second in the conference, also second in the conference in runs of 60-plus yards. So Kendra Miller has done a really good job for, for TCU in amplifying that run game. And with Garrett Riley's ability to, to amplify Sonny Dykes' air raid, stressing you horizontally, now you've got the vertical passing game. I've seen Kendra Miller, when I watched TCU this year, have a couple of those runs. Like You think about some of those runs Deontay Foreman had the year Texas was running the Veerage shoot in 2016. And you know the middle of the field is open, and Kendra Miller, I think it was the West Virginia game, he had like a 50, 45, 50-yard 50 touchdown run. Nobody laid a hand on him because the middle of the field was wide open because TCU stresses you so much. We were talking about on the Longhorn Blitz podcast, myself, Matt Butler, Rod Babers, that's available right now anywhere you get your podcasts, and you can hear it tonight on the Horn at 7 o'clock uh, if you want to hear it here on the Horn or, again, anywhere you get your podcast, search Horns 24-7. That's Horns 247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click the follow button. Get every episode of the Blitz when it drops on Tuesday. But we were talking about on the Blitz. This TCU receiver, receiving core is probably going to end up being the best receiving group Texas has seen this year, especially if Quentin Johnson's healthy. Like you think of Savion Williams and Tay Barber and Darius Davis, if Quentin Johnson's healthy enough to play, at least play a little bit, this will be the best receiver group Texas will see this year. So I think Pete Kwiatkowski has got to devote more resources to defending the pass. Yes, I would expect Gary Patterson to have an influence on how they do that and how they play their coverages. Uh, but again, I think Texas is good enough, even as good as TCU is running the ball. And this is where I think Texas can have the advantage of the game. If Texas can stop for most of plays in a run game and make TCU about as one-dimensional as you can hope to make them with a really good run game by stopping the run with lighter boxes, 
you know, pull that extra, pull a linebacker out or pull it, pull an edge guy out. And you might have to play more dime coverage in this game. We saw Texas do that a little bit in the Texas Tech game, but you might have to play more dime coverage, even if you want to play, you know, a bigger dime and use uh, use a guy like Maurice Blackwell in that Joker position. Mo Blackwell got a lot of run in that K State game, and I love me some Maurice Blackwell. I I think he's perfect for ideally kind of what that star position has been for Pete Kwiatkowski in the past. I know they they put Jade Barron there because they wanted a little more coverage, but I love what Mo Blackwell brings to the table. So even if you You've got to go a little bit bigger dime because uh, Jalen Gilbo is out. Actually, this just came in on the Specs text line. Is Jalen Gilbo healthy? No, he's dealing with an ankle. Uh, Sark said on Monday, and you know if Sark's talking about a timeline for injury, it's kind of serious. He said probably going to be out for a couple of more weeks. So that's why you see Mo Blackwell in there more. It was good to get Anthony Cook back, and even though he's playing with a big club on his hand, uh, it's good to have him healthy. But I think if Texas can slow down the TCU run game, using fewer defenders, playing with a lot of box, allow them to play a little more dime coverage. Again, like I said, even if it's some big dime, I think you give yourself a chance to make TCU earn everything in the pass game and not give up so many explosive plays over the top again. Because when you talk about the red zone numbers, man, TCU just hasn't been there all that much. They thrive on on chunk yardage plays, scoring on those. They're not really all that worried about what they do in the red zone. And again, Texas, the second best uh red zone touchdown percentage allowed in the Big 12 only 51.6% of the time when you get in the red zone against Texas are you scoring touchdowns uh TCU actually kind of middle of the road in terms of touchdown percentage in the red zone about 66.7% uh on their red zone touchdown percentage if you look at scoring rate uh you know TCU's next to last in the Big 12, only 82.1% of the time they're scoring in the red zone, 32 scores on 39 attempts. Uh, but that touchdown rate is, is middle of the road. But the Texas defense, again, really good in the red zone. So I think that's the key for Texas. Make TCU earn it. Try to make them put together long drives. Just don't give up chunk yardage plays and take your chances in the red zone for play callers, period. When the field compresses... I was talking to Roshan Johnson about this this week. I asked him about it during the player availability. Like, what's the key to being red zone? He said, basically, for an offensive player, your precision, your need to execute at the highest possible level heightens so much because the field compresses. In other words, let's say your wide receiver is running an out route. If in a, you know between the twenties on a normal down distance to say, man, that yard that you break that off at five to seven yards. Well, in the red zone, when the field compresses. You better break that off at five yards because if you go five to seven, now you're going to give that corner a chance to undercut a ball, get yourself in a world of hurt. So I just, that's the, the dynamic that I'm most fascinated to look at in this game and I'll continue to follow it. And again, I've kind of used it in both Longhorn notebooks today. It's going to be a big talking point for me is can Texas make TCU earn it? in the red zone, not give up explosive plays? Likewise, can they take advantage of the fact that TCU is one of the worst defenses in the Big 12 in terms of explosive play rate. Uh, if you want big some Big 12 kind of deep dive stuff, at uh, KSU underscore fan on Twitter is a really good follow. Tracks a lot of the stuff that I like to follow, like have a great explosive play rate. If you look at TCU defensively, uh, TCU's explosive play rate allowed is 125th in the country. Their explosive play rate allowed uh, on running plays, 95th in the country. Their explosive play rate allowed on passing plays, 126th in the country. It's TCU defense, it's high risk, high reward, man. They will take chances because they know 
That's the that's the best path to victory for them. If they can just try to cause some havoc, force turnovers. And when you look at them uh, in terms of havoc rate, which havoc rate is one of those statistics that I like to look at. Havoc rate is basically it's, it's a per play per play measure of how often are you getting tackles for loss, which in football tackles for college football tackles for loss includes sacks, uh, passes defensed, which are PBUs and interceptions, and forced fumbles. How often are you causing havoc plays? TCU. They're only 95th in the in the country. And, uh, by the way, Texas, uh, a little bit better than you think, 46th in the country, third in the Big 12, and have a great. But that's what TCU wants to do. They want to be a high-risk, high-reward defense. Uh, you can take advantage of that. If you're, you're going to have, have a chance to take some shots, you're going to have some stuff in the run game just by the nature of TCU's defense. So I think this is a game, the more I think about it, Snoop, and I don't know, like you, you, you said before the Oklahoma State game, and the Kansas State game, I was giving you numbers that even even I was like, doesn't really, don't really like the way Texas matches up. The more I dig into it, man, the more I just feel like Texas matches up really well with TCU. And it's a home game for Texas. You throw in the Gary Patterson factor if you want to, but I just think the fact that if Texas can maximize their ability to create explosives, minimize their ability to give them up, that could be the ball game right there. So we'll continue to get into that throughout the week. What, uh, where does Texas, I mean, theoretically, if they win, like how much would they shoot up on the pole, I guess, from 18? You know, on, honestly, Snoop, and the CF, we haven't talked about the CFP rankings. They came out last night, TCU's four, Texas is 18th, same as the coaches' poll, same as the AP poll. Honestly, like to me right now, I – I'm not even all that concerned with how far Texas can rise in the CFP rankings. The critical thing is they control their own destiny for a championship game. Like that's really, to me, that's really all anybody should be focused on. If they were a two loss team, then maybe you could be into the CFP rankings and say, okay, if things get really crazy ahead of them, but far enough to be a factor in this thing. But at this point, just worry about the Big 12 title race, and you've got a chance to really assert yourself as the number two team behind TCU in the Because even if you, obviously, even if you win this game on Saturday, TCU still can the destiny because they'll only have one loss, even though they still got to play Baylor, which, man, I, that series is really weird, man. We've seen quirky games happen in that Baylor TCU series. Uh, so keep an eye on that as we go forward if Texas gets the win on Saturday. But yeah, that's that's the bottom line for me. On that snoop, somebody's mentioned on the uh, Specs text line that Twitter account that I mentioned at KSU KSU underscore fan. It's a Kansas State fan account, but again, some really good numbers they put out. I do want to mention this: get over to Horns twenty four seven. All the recruiting content you could possibly want from the Colton Vosick flip yesterday is up on the site. Uh, Mike Roach and Hudson Standish recorded an emergency podcast talking about the flip, talking some big picture recruiting stuff. That's why the Longhorn Blitz was a little bit late getting posted because I didn't want to post it right on top of that. So let that breathe a little bit. Uh, give my guys the the respect they deserve to have their work uh, heard by everybody. So, Get over to Horns 24-7. we got plenty uh, looking at visitors coming up this weekend. Anthony Hill, the five-star linebacker out of Denton Ryan, is going to be on campus. Peyton Bowen, the five-star safety from Denton Guy, was supposed to be on campus this weekend. Uh, according to Mike Roach, he's not going to be on campus. He's got uh, some kind of event going on this weekend. I don't really know what the deal is there. But uh, a lot of uh, Jelani McDonald from Waco Connolly, a lot of really good visitors, really high-caliber visitors coming into town for this game. So you can get all of the recruiting stuff you could possibly want. 
uh, at Hornets 24-7 to get you ready for this big recruiting weekend. All right, tell you what, we'll take a break, come back. We'll have Snoop's Flex 30 segment and continue the Texas football talk because we got a lot of feedback about it on the Specs text line 337-3776. We'll keep it going when we come back on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.